0: electronic specifier.
1: This episode is presented by Smart Industry, the IOT business magazine, smart-industry.net.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Electronic Specifier Insights. Today, we are joined by Philippa Glover, who works at CNC Robotics. So hi, Philippa. Thanks for joining us today. And how are you doing?
1: I'm fine. Thanks very much, Paige. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this podcast.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Um, So if we could start, please, with an introduction of yourself and your background.
1: Yeah, so um, so as as you said, Paige, I'm Philippa Glover, I'm Managing Director of CNC Robotics. We are a, a small business based within Liverpool City region that specialise in robotic integration, particularly focused on designing and building systems for robotic machining, and most recently robotic additive manufacturing. We're a business that was founded back in 2010 by Jason Barker, who's our CTO, um, and still owns and works within the business. And we came about because Jay was looking for a low-cost way to be able to machine parts for the theatre and film industry. And at the time, he didn't have the space nor necessarily the the funds to be able to invest in a larger-scale CNC machine. And he started to look to see whether he could turn a robot into a milling machine, bought an old second-hand robot and started to investigate whether that was possible proved that concept and decided he really liked playing with robots more so than designing and building sets and then so CNC robotics was born and and the business was you know doing really well had a huge amount of traction and progress within the marketplace and I stumbled across the business in 2017 2018 when I was working as an innovation advisor after spending the majority of my career in manufacturing working across various different roles in research and development and operations and the business really kind of took my eye you know there's not many times that you see that real interlink between art and engineering um and the creative brains that we've got here at cnc robotics really help us to to do some things that I think other people can't do. And that was something that I was really attracted to. And Jason and, and Medina, who also owns the business alongside Jay, Jay, asked me to join the business. And I suppose the rest is is history. And I've been working with the team here to really look at the business strategy and how do we support manufacturers, not only here in the UK, but also overseas with adopting the latest technologies that that we're at the kind of forefront of
0: Okay, so following on from that, and let's focus on robotics to start off with, how can the use of robotics improve the productivity of manufacturing across the UK and overseas?
1: Oh, well, what a big question. I don't know whether I can answer that in 20 minutes, eh? (laughs) That's a really big question. So for for those of you who are are listening, some people are surprised to, to know how little robots are adopted within the UK you know, we're really lagging behind the rest of the G7 nations. And it's actually really quite, it's quite disheartening, I think, sometimes when you look at the amount of investment that we've had in new technology and the infrastructure. And that's one of the causes of the productivity gap that is often talked about within the UK in terms of why we aren't really as competitive as we could be on the global scale. And technology such as robotics and automation is one way to help manufacturers start to really address some of the productivity challenges that they have. There's a whole host of different applications of robotics anything from palletizing to pick and place to, to robotic welding. But the area that we work in is really quite specific. And that's when we often work with people who are currently using manual hand trimming processes or large, expensive machines, and they're looking for a low cost way to be able to produce parts where they are not chasing micron precision accuracy. So they may be cutting a carbon fibre part where they need 0.2 of a millimetre. And they're currently doing that through manual methods. And the technology that that we've developed here at CNC Robotics really helps them do that in a more cost-effective manner that helps them address some of the productivity challenges that they have. And I suppose that ties into the whole area of robotics and automation is that often it's really about how do we look at things with a different lens? How do we make things kind of smarter And use technology as a real enabler for growth and an enabler for change. It's not necessarily about replacing things. It's about how do we really move that needle and make more product in an effective manner?
0: Mm, Very concise answer. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we all know that the COVID-19 pandemic has posed many challenges for businesses, but it's proved particularly difficult for the manufacturing community. So, what role does technology, such as robotics and automation, play in a post-pandemic world?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. So, I think everyone has really struggled with 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 the pandemic, whether they they were open or not. You know, interestingly, as a business, you know, we continued to work um, throughout the whole of the pandemic, and, and and actually, we were really lucky that we were one of the businesses that didn't need to furlough any staff. And you know, that's 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 partly down to the area that we work in, and and we actually saw a real pull for the types of services and products that we design and develop. And that really spanned across sectors. So we were able to unlock new opportunities within multiple different industries during that time. And I suppose that ties into, well, okay, well, why? And and I think one of the things that the pandemic has taught us is about how do we really look at the business with a critical lens and really evaluate how resilient our businesses are, and when we talk about resilience that's why technology really does help us further build more of that strong backbone within a business that that means that if there are changes and if there's changes in the marketplace or changes in terms of personnel then we've got a strong core capability that we're able to to draw off and, and and interestingly we we've seen quite a few of our clients kind of pivot and really capitalise on some of the advantages that the pandemic has brought to them and maybe has has provided them with additional growth that they would never have been able to have forecasted and that they have been able to capitalise on that growth by investing in new technology to help them be able to make that in a more cost-effective manner. So it's, it's actually, I think, accelerated more of that interest in technology and helped businesses really look at, okay, well, it, this is a fundamental tool that should be used within a business. And therefore, how do we strategically take advantage of that? And as a business, you know, that's something that, You know, we've looked at our own resilience. You know, we've looked at some of the things that we did that was really good and that we've also looked at some of the things that, okay, well, it would be even better if we did this. And at the moment, we actually don't deploy any robotics within our workshop, but we've looked at some of the the precursors to that. So really looking at how do we further optimise the factory flow that we have to enable us to have a more resilient base to, to work off. In particular, from a robotics perspective, I think we've seen huge step changes in the food and beverage industry. So those of you who are keen readers, you've probably seen that particularly in food and beverage, there has been a significant uplift in the the use of robotics and automation. And I think that's something that's set to continue. That isn't just related to the pandemic. I think that's also related to some of the skills gaps that we see as a result of some of the change in political kind of environments with Brexit coming into force over the past couple of years.
0: Okay, so following on from some of those points you just raised, I'm told that it's often difficult especially for SMEs to know where to start when it comes to, to using robotics and automation. So what advice can you give those businesses looking to adopt this technology for the first time?
1: Yeah, it, it can be really daunting and it is really difficult to know where to turn. But there's a wealth of support out there for SMEs to help them to understand whether robotics and automation is right for their business. And one initiative is is an initiative called Made Smarter. So Made Smarter is a government backed initiative that is, is designed to help provide good case studies and support for manufacturers looking at investing in digital technologies. And at the moment, that is currently still in pilot stage within the Northwest and Midlands and Yorkshire and Humber. And we're pushing really hard through one of the roles that I play as one of the Made Smarter commissioners to try and extend that Nationally, to really help all manufacturers to be able to not only get the expert support that they need, but also to be able to tap into some capital grants to help with that investment. I think a lot of people you know use use Google as well still as a friend so that so there is there is also a wealth of support out there and you know finding companies like CNC robotics and and specialists like the, the individuals that work in here are a great place to start to help understand okay well what are some of the case studies that that you've done you know what how does that translate to my business and and what are some of the key things that I need to think of That can kind of almost help people overcome that barrier of thinking. And another group which I I think would be really important for any SME manufacturer to engage with is, is Make UK. So Make UK is the Manufacturers Trade Association and they represent a huge number of manufacturers across the UK working very closely with government. But what they also have is that they have lots of really fantastic leaders within their field and whenever i engage in those meetings we've got a meeting this week on thursday at the henry royce institute in manchester is that i'm surrounded by people that always know so much more than me and you learn from each of those interactions so really networking with a peer group understanding how other people have used robotics and automation and reaching out to experts i think is a great way to to help kind of reduce some of that barrier uh, as to understanding what's possible and there's lots of different kind of trade shows as well that you can unlock and you know one of the things Paige, that we said you know before we started this podcast is that you know we're also back doing open houses so on June the 15th CNC robotics are going to be opening our first open house since the pandemic started and that's also a great way for uh, manufacturers to come and have a look and talk firsthand to the engineers who are designing and building the systems that can help people with some of those thinking and there's other there's other integrators and manufacturers that do those open houses um, across the country that I would really encourage people to to go and engage with.
0: Mm, Fantastic. Now, I understand that the correct robotics training must be essential to gain the maximum benefit from any robot system. So could you tell us a little bit about the training courses offered by CNC Robotics?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good qu- question. So training is really fundamental when you are looking at adopting new technology. And with all of the systems that we design and develop, we follow a three-stage training program. The first thing is is really to understand and get comfortable with, with using the basic functionality of the robot. And we tend to, we use KUKA robots. So we would send all of well, we would be the lead engineer who would be responsible at our client site on a on a basic programming course, and that's a, an intensive week course that that really helps you understand the the internal mechanics of the robot and be able to use the basic operation, typically in sta- a safe environment. So in the training center, where you know you can crash the robot and it's within the comfort of the training tutors kind of responsibility and also really be able to get comfortable with holding some of the the, the technology that's associated which is typically known as a smart pad. The second um, step on the training would be to get some specialist CAD CAM training so because of the software packages that we use sometimes that can be new technology to people so we we tend to support individuals through CADCAM CAM training that's either delivered by in-house CNC um, robotics engineers or an external provider. And that really helps then with the final training that we do, which is actually on, on the system after the, the robotic equipment has been installed, which d- basically draws on the programming and the CADCAM CAM training and, and really brings that to life on the client's system, which really helps with, with adoption and the engineers to to really get comfortable and confident on how to use that kit. And that's, a, I think, a key thing. You know, people still and, you know, I had finance for industry here this morning and and they were talking to me about how daunting, you know, robots, robotics can be and how big they are. But actually, they're not something to be afraid of. I think if you tackle the training and you make sure that engineers are included from the start of the project and that you really think about how do you empower them and develop those skills in a really structured way, then you're, you're going to have a really successful project and you will find that you've got engineers who will feel valued and want to be part of that journey and continue to see how that technology can really unlock even more potential within a business and you know we have seen you know some examples where people don't really value that training as part of investing in a new kits. And, and for us it really is non-negotiable
0: okay brilliant some fantastic points raised there thank you So let's move away from robotics now. As well as being Managing Director at CNC Robotics, you're also a Made Smarter Commission member and a Northwest Regional Advisory Board Chair at Make UK. Now, you've mentioned both of these organisations before, but could you just explain your role within them, please?
1: Yeah. So I feel really kind of privileged to be able to kind of do the roles that I do. So i was invited to join the made smarter commission um, based on some recommendations that people put in And, and really i sit in there as an sme champion so really challenging some of the the people who are part of that commission and sharing some of the things that that we see and feel kind of on the coal face of of a small business you know anyone that has been in the position that Myself and and Jason and Medina, who who own CNC Robotics, have been understand that it's really quite difficult, and you're constantly dealing with a changing environment, and that sometimes I think there needs to be a bit of a reality check around the fact that UK manufacturing is predominantly SMEs, and we have to really think about what are the right interventions and what's the support that we really need to help the SMEs not only you know continue to to, to do business, but also to thrive, and and how do we really support them. Um, for the future of the UK economy and I yeah I'm a very frank person and and in the in the roles that I that I play is I just share really you know what what we see um, and what I see working with the manufacturers that I work with and challenging some of that thinking and, and making sure that people are really thinking about the SMEs when we're having those conversations and and we're doing those inter- interventions and and what you find is that people listen you know i think sometimes people you know, question whether there is any value in sharing with politicians, you know, what those pain points would be. But I think the more that we raise the profile of UK manufacturing and particularly the SMEs and the more that we share the challenges that we face, you know, the more likely we are to be successful with making sure that businesses get the support that they need. In terms of Make UK, so we've been members of Make UK as a business for the past couple of years and I found that organisation invaluable to me, not only for CNC robotics, but also to really establish my peer network. You know, it can be quite you know, lonely sometimes when you're in a small business and you're dealing with the challenges of a pandemic. You know, what that instantly gave me was a a whole peer group of people that were going through similar challenges that I could bounce ideas off, that I could learn from, that I could see best practice. Um, And that was really, really invaluable. And then when there was an opportunity to put put myself forward as being the chair of the regional advisory board within Make UK for the Northwest, um, it was something that I was quite keen to. To do and in and in that role that role is very much around working with some of the key manufacturers within the region and with make UK and and really enabling us to get the the support and that and and further develop that community to to really help all businesses be successful but also to really support the leaders underneath you know and and in the the last meeting that we had it was the first face-to-face meeting we've had since 2000 and 20, the start of 2020 just before the pandemic hit and those meetings are really important because we're all dealing with with business challenges and to be able to have those honest and frank conversations and be able to support each other and be challenged you know is really really important and networking I think is fundamental not only to the business but also for your professional growth because it's only through others that that we learn and you know i suppose i get involved in those both those organizations to not only have a positive impact on cnc robotics but also as someone who's worked in manufacturing all of their career i feel really passionate about the sector that i've grown up in um and the sector that i represent and i feel like it's my responsibility to really share some of the challenges that we face and and use the maybe the voice that we have within the sector to have a positive impact.
0: I mean, I understand you're also committed to engaging and inspiring young people to join the sector. So what sort of work are you doing around this and why do you feel it's so important?
1: Yes, I think that's something that as a business we're really passionate about. And I think I've got a key passion there because... You know, someone gave me an opportunity when I was a young scientist and, you know, they gave me my first bit of work experience and my introduction into the to the world of manufacturing. And that kind of probably through lots of different ways kind of has, has led me to kind of the career that I that I now have, which is a very successful one. And I think as individuals, we've got a real responsibility to pay it forward. You know, there is a lot of opportunities out there and we've got to really put UK manufacturing on the map as a really exciting kind of place to 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 grow and develop in and we regularly engage with schools so actually this week I'm going to Walton High to do a 20 minute presentation to a group of their students around robotics and automation and and how you know brilliant a career in manufacturing is and, and some of the things that could they could think about we have school groups that come here so the last school group we had was an amazing group of year eights from a school in St Helens who spent the morning with us and then even got to drive one of the robots with with the robot controller and to see their eyes you know light up as, as they saw that was was great and and in that room we actually had a real balanced split of, of boys and girls but you could actually see some of the girls in the room kind of almost look at the women who work within cnc robotics and kind of go do you know what they can do that you know that that, that that's a really exciting career and i remember one of the young girls said to me um at the end i asked them i said i said can you really challenge me tell me everything that I didn't do what did you want to see you know what wasn't good about this visit. I knew knew they loved it and she put a hand up and she went I really want to understand more about the CAD CAM I want to understand how you really program robots and that's the bit that I'm really interested in and you could see within her the way she was talking about it afterwards and you know even her teacher you know speaking to me afterwards you know it's really kind of little candle in her mind that that's an area that she's really interested in. And, you know, hopefully she will go on and, and, and grow into being an engineer of the future. And, you know, I think we've got that responsibility as experienced kind of professionals to, to yeah, pay it forward and, and, and give our time to to help inspire the next generation. I'm also a mum of two kids. So, you know, I think it's important to to, to do that because I, I also see the impact that that has on my own children.
0: Mm, that's really interesting because... You know, as you know, and as you've just said, women are often underrepresented, you know, in this industry. Make UK reports that, you know, in the UK, women make up just 29% of the manufacturing workforce. You know, why do you think this is and what can be done to encourage them into the sector?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So I never... Until I was in kind of the, the world that I'm in now, so in the SME world, I don't think I really realised kind of how underrepresented women were. I used to work in, in large corporate environments, and I always felt like they were actually quite balanced, whereas being kind of more of a, I suppose, a senior leader and a, and a director in a business, you, you realise that actually it's often at the top, where there is less representation. And... I I suppose we could theorise for as as, as long as we want to. I think there are some people that join the sector and then sadly leave. So they either leave because, you know, they aren't supported or they go and have career breaks and then there isn't the opportunity to come back. I still think that there is a perception that, you know, manufacturing and engineering is quite a dirty place and that that's not an industry and sector to kind of go into. And that's completely the opposite, you know, the the area that that we work in and, and manufacturing and you know I've grown up in it is a really really exciting industry I've I've been involved in developing washing powder to developing pharmaceuticals to work in an FMCG and now you know at the helm of robotics and yeah I, I don't know whether it is because it's seen as you know not accessible and that uh, You know, maybe the people haven't had those role role models to kind of look up to, to to really help, you know, push them and champion them. And often there is that perception when you go to places that it is a it's a more male dominated sector. And, you know, interestingly, from one of the presentations or the events that I talked at uh, not that long ago, one of the senior guys from a, a large aerospace company came up to me afterwards and just said, you know, I really want to pick your brains. We've been trying to kind of recruit quite a diverse and inclusive workforce, but we're really struggling because we've literally had no female applicants. You know, why is that? And we have that as well. When we when we recruit for engineers, there isn't the talent pool out there and we you know, the, the question is actually, is it because we need to start earlier? Do we need to be starting more at grassroots primary school level to really help, you know, encourage that, you know, people aren't pigeonholed? And that we encourage all people, you know, regardless of their background or their ethnicity or, you know, who they are and where they come from, that actually science and engineering is a great place to be able to grow and develop a career and that we provide everyone with those opportunities to develop those core skills um, and really support them as they go throughout their kind of educational journey. Uh, Yeah, I think we probably do need to do more at primary school.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, let's, let's deep dive into your experience in the industry for a moment. Do you find that there are any differences in your experience when compared to that of your, of your male colleagues? And if so, are there any challenges that arise from such gender differences?
1: Yeah, so I actually, you know, personally had quite a negative experience. So the reason why I left kind of large corporate was I was made redundant on maternity leave. And that was kind of quite a significant, I suppose, step back. My my second child was three months old, and the the company that I worked for, Danone, had a had a conversation with me actually in my living room, around um, my role being being redundant, and that's something that was really quite hard to take. I was on quite a, a fast track, kind of group. I was highly regarded within the business, and made me kind of not want to take alternative roles and and I use that as an opportunity to be able to really go right okay well where do my skill sets lie and what do I really want to do and I suppose now I've probably used that to my advantage and and as my power to a certain extent because anyone who's been made redundant and a particularly when you're on maternity leave it really hits you really hard and I remember saying that it did feel like it was very personal whether it was at the time you know who knows but but I don't think that would necessarily have happened to someone who wasn't on maternity leave and you know maybe that is the difference you know I think now actually I'm completely treated exactly the same you know the reason why I do my job here at CNC robotics and you know I'm it's not because I'm a woman, it's because they felt like I was the right person to, to do the job, you know, and actually, I don't think I get treated any differently to anyone else. And, you know, actually, if I think back in my career, I've, I've always done the job, because I've been the right person to do the job, other than obviously getting getting made redundant on maternity leave, I think that's the only difference. And I think sometimes we can almost have our own kind of perceptions in our heads and we can have our own unconscious bias and almost feel like these imposters when there's no reason to be that and and actually it's about having the right people in the right job and you know we need to encourage and support people to 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 really reach their potential and I suppose some of that goes to paying it forward doesn't it you know empowering others and and being part of that network to, to really ensure that we all are successful I think is really important
0: okay so following on from that then what advice would you like to give young women who are thinking of entering the industry
1: yeah so I would I would say do it so I I absolutely love being part of manufacturing you know it is a it's a career I've had a very successful career today you know and I've still got a, a huge amount of my career moving forward and I don't think there's ever a dull day you know, I've always enjoyed my my time, and despite you know some of the challenges that I faced along the way, you know I'm surrounded by people who are brilliant, who are far better than me, and uh, have always put their faith and trust in me, which I think is really quite empowering, and that makes you want to do the right thing for the business. The advice that I would give is that I absolutely love being part part of a small business. And I love working for Jason and Medina, the two owners of CNC Robotics, because there's something really quite special about working for a smaller business. And the reason for that is that we're really in charge of our own destiny. We're not dictated by kind of the red tape of a large corporate organisation. And I think for, for young women coming into the sector, actually, I think the SME world is a great place to really establish yourself and really Had that that huge impact that you can have because you know you're creating something new that hasn't been done before and you know that's the bit that I I really love now and you know if I was to talk to myself when I was in my 20s I had this view in my head that I had to work for a large company I only ever worked for large companies I felt like I didn't even really know small businesses existed and I now kick myself because i couldn't I couldn't be happier where I am today. you know the experiences that I'm given, and actually there's the almost the platform that I've now got is far greater than what I had before when I was in a larger business, and I can make much bigger bigger difference, which for me is the reason why I get out of bed so. Yeah, I would I would. uh, So I would say be brave, you know, take opportunities, you know, use your network and just remember that you absolutely can can do it. And that manufacturing is really exciting. So, you know, in our business, I work with prop manufacturers, so people behind blockbuster films to people who are putting rockets into space and a whole host of different companies in, in, in between. So there's no project that There's no two projects that are the same. It's always really quite diverse and different. So it means I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly developing, which is pretty cool to be fair. And I read this Forbes article the other day that said manufacturing is cool. And I do get, you know, people take the mick out on me a little bit in terms of how much I love it, but it bloody, it really is. Manufacturing is a really, really cool place to work. So if you're a, a young engineer and, you know, if you're a young woman and you're thinking about what you want to do, you know, please don't discount it. That It's an amazing, yeah, it's an amazing sector to grow into. And, you know, I, I love it.
0: Excellent. I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> now before we finish is there anything else you'd like to discuss
1: I don't think so just you know thank you so much for for asking me to be part of this podcast and and I hope whoever's listening has has enjoyed listening to me ramble and you know if they if they do want to know more or if the, if I can help in any way you know you're more than welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter and you can hear about the woes of being part of a small business and also a mum of two kids <laughs> <laughs> which is a challenge in itself. So, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. And, yeah, hopefully this has been food for thought. And I'm sure we'll share my details and, and the rest of the organisations we've discussed in the in the details of, of the
0: podcast. Yes, we certainly will. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thanks, Paige.
1: This episode is presented by Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. smart-industry.net
0: Electronic specifier.